Welcome to Unbooking the Territory Season 2, where we talk about the beginnings and ends, the first and last, the alphas and omegas of professional wrestling. It's time to sit down in your house. Raw's Championship Wrestling is coming at you. Wrestling the way it was meant to be, old style. Now your host for Ron's Championship Wrestling, Ron Wright and Terry Glendale. I'm one half of your hosting duo, Dan Griffin, joined as ever by my partner in podcasting, Piss Eddery, UTT, Rob. Rob, how are you, mate? I'm good, Dan. I'm good. We've teased that we we're going to do this certain promotion for quite a while uh, and, and what we're going to inflict on on you and the guest and uh, i'm excited that we're finally here inflict is the right word i would say it's certainly a thing and speaking of words we've got a words we've got a wordsmith as our guest this week it's a man who is a walking dictionary and on his cv it says he can make nine grown men ejaculate once and i can vouch for that because i was one of them it's ben from Rantomeisters. ben how are you mate very good good evening chaps i'm yeah very good i'm pleased to be here i'm mentally scarred from what you've made me watch but um yeah very good thank you you two are just lucky that you're not on the total steve podcast i'm recording that with him tomorrow morning uh, an episode of raw from 2011 that makes this look excellent oh <laughs> fair enough fair enough oh, oh, oh no so you're talking some sub hcw shit i'm not looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> like no, you, say, you say that like you mean it <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Looking forward to talking to Steve, though. Of course, not yeah. looking forward to watching the shit. Well, I've seen it. I'm just not looking forward to having my memory unrepressed. <laughs> Putting the raw in post-trauma. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for that pun. That was terrible. <laughs> but as I was saying, it's long overdue I've been on the show. I've been knocking around our little podosphere, if you like, for uh, for quite a while. Uh, the spawning of Rantomeisters from the uh, the Morty and Fitch podcast um, which in my opinion Rantomeisters is already better than Morty and Fitch have already surpassed as uh, as Chris Bellis would call them uh, your daddy Martin, daddy Fitch <laughs> Thank you for that compliment, I appreciate that oh, I'm a big, big fan of your G episode that was, that was excellent Brilliant, brilliant. It, was the, it was the participants that made it obviously Naturally, yeah yeah, excellent guest. Whoever that whoever that was, you should get them on again. <laughs> but yeah, we thought we'd get you in to uh, talk some wrestling, and then and then we let Rob choose the topic. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not gone entirely to plan. But in Rob's defence, you did say you were up to talk about any little shit. Yeah, yeah, I am absolutely, and I proved it. I proved it by agreeing to do this. <laughs> Well, the advantage is, what I normally have is when we get a first-time guest on and we give them something utterly shite, then we tend to, the next time, give them something very good. So, you know, you've got to take them roughly smooth. And we also give you some homework, uh, because uh, most people, when they have guests on for the first time, they talk about how did you get into wrestling, you know, the usual mundane questions. Uh, But we're genetic freaks and we're not normal. So we set you our five factors to rank in order of importance to you for wrestling. Uh, Then being storyline, presentation, promos, in-ring and fan response. So over to you, Mr. Rantermeister. 
So, I mean, the main reason, I think, because I was quite a young kid when I first started getting into wrestling, the storyline factor of it is definitely the most important for me. Just, just to be invested in the product because you're invested in the story and then it goes hand in hand with being invested in the actual in-ring action. And that's why I was an impressionable sort of, I mean, I was six or seven when I first started watching wrestling, I think. And yeah, I was mesmerized by the stories and then I was mesmerized by the actual wrestling itself. After that, I think for me, the the fan response as well, uh, certainly on even now I'm watching certain sort of clips back from whenever really and certain moments the fan response still gets me <laughs> it's still really, there are some moments i think no that, that's a big thing and i'm thinking yeah that gets me in the feels as the kids say these days so the fan response would be three points on that for me it's tricky the way you've sort of amalgamated the presentation category i'm not one for vignettes i've never been one for vignettes. I've, I've never really liked them i'm not sure I get it when they are hyping a debut. I've never really liked it, them per se. And I think commentary is very, very important. I don't want people hyping up apps and uh, sponsors while there's actual wrestling going on. Um, you telling me you were an early adopter of tout? I, I did. I did. I, yeah, that's the problem. Because I'm such a um, naive weirdo, uh, I did try out tout for, for about the best part of the two days it was running or whatever it was. Um, Michael Cole saying everything was vintage tout. But um, yeah, I put that at two points. And I put promos at, uh, at one point. It wasn't the most appealing thing for me at, uh, to get into wrestling. I mean, obviously, I appreciate a good promo, but it's not the most important thing for me. Story is definitely five points, though. Fair enough. Yeah, it was. I take what you mean about presentation. You can almost break presentation down into sort of subcategories, but we just uh, we feared that if we if we had too many, it'd, it'd take too long to go through, and it's sort of all the superfluous stuff, or you know, up to including the staging and the lighting that sort of goes into the production side of things. We shouldn't mm. maybe change that. <laughs> we shouldn't maybe change that. Like eighty odd episodes into production. <laughs> too too late to change now. But I mean, of that, as I say, for me, commentary is a vital thing. Um, there are so many oh, yeah. commentators that just go right through my my ears. Well, well I, like I imagine most of them. Well, yes, but not in the good way. <laughs> Some people I listen to and I feel violated. <laughs> ben hears the good commentary with his left nipple. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, for for people for the for the audio format, Ben just did check his lesson, left nipple. So there we yeah. go. <laughs> And um, with the right one, he can tune in along wave radio. <laughs> I'm getting the uh, digital upgrade next week, though. <laughs> I'm going DAB on the right nipple. <laughs> <laughs> DAB on your NIP. Yeah. That's like the worst 90s rapper ever. <laughs> this is already picked up where we left off recording Ransom Ice the other night. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh, God. Oh, hello, wife. Yeah, that's wife. <laughs> blurry wife. I put the blur filter on. I don't know why I put the blur filter on. You're blurry wife. Put your peanut butter away. <laughs> it's for the dog before you say anything. I think you've already smeared your customary spatula full on your testicles. That only <laughs> makes sense if Ben left it in the rat tonight, does it? Just realised. 
Anyway, moving on. I thought it was time for a hashtag tank facts that uh, all peanut butter spreads like um, smooth peanut butter if you tank Abbott. <laughs> Including peanuts themselves. And the tree they grow on. <laughs> well, I've just seen Ben taking a swig of something. So I've normally mentioned what we're going to talk about about three or four times before now. So just to get out of the way, we are going to record, sorry, we're talking today about Ron's Championship Wrestling. But I just saw Ben take a swig of something. Uh, What's that then? Was that a beer or an energy drink? Um, So I do have a couple of energy drinks on the go just because it's been a long ass week this week. I have got a beer to crack into them and I'm done with those. Um, I have got the Williams Brothers Brewing Hipsway New Zealand Lager. That's it. Very nice. Four, 4.2%. Cool. Had it before. Very nice. Um, just what I haven't had in the fridge. Yeah, steady away. Can't go wrong with Williams. What energy drinks do you want? I have a couple of rock stars because they were cheap and they didn't have the monster that I wanted in the shop. Fair enough. Had it recently where mm-hmm. one of my colleagues danced. You can't say no to a bargain. So for some reason he bought 36 cans of this random blueberry rock star, even though he doesn't drink them. And he just thought, he just said, oh, give it, you know, give it to my mate. And he's like, I don't drink energy drinks. I hate them. Why have you bought them? Well, they were cheap. You'll get rid of them. And so he just had pallets. Yeah. <laughs> he just brought them in and they were fucking terrible. Yeah, I've got one mango one and then one strawberry and lime one and they were a pound each. So why the fuck? That's it. Love it. Are you imbibing tonight, Rob? Yeah, I've actually got a Williams Brothers here. Uh, I've not opened it yet, so I've not got to that point. It's called uh, Chillax. It's a 4.3% cold brew IPA. Uh, Another one that I've got for later is a Bio Saigon Exports, which is uh, a lager at 4.9%. But at the moment, I'm drinking Cobalt, which is a Heffenweiss beer. It's 5.5%. And it's from Tartarus Beers. And if you want to drink Tartarus Beers, you can log on to tartarusbeers.co.uk, put in the promo code UTC Podcast 15 and get 15% off. You can indeed. Well, I, I, never, I never knew that. I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've not long been paid, so I need to get an order in myself. Um, I'm, I've gone to Brew York for my first one up. Uh, I'm drinking Coffee Bake, which is a Polish coffee cake stout at 10%. And it's... It's a bit too much coffee for my taste. I'm not actually a coffee drinker, but I don't normally mind it in beer, but it's um, a bit too far the other way for me. But it's 10%, so I won't be able to taste it soon. And after that, I'm moving on to uh, Cara Cara, which is a, a Nelson Sorban and Talis Session IPA at 4.4%, just to bring it back down a little bit. And then I'm going across to uh, Bang Bang Andy's Neck of the Woods with New Bristol Breweries, Salted Chocolate Bigger Cinder Toffee Stout. That's another 10%er. I can't remember whether I've had it before, but quite frankly, I don't give a shit if I had because these ones are always absolutely magic. And it's got their customary uh, astronaut monkey on the on the can. Oh, fantastic. Um, it's always decent. Um, not that Andy recommended it to us, obviously, with his uh, cheap Euro piss. No, we'll, uh, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to thank Steve for that one, really. But he doesn't listen to podcasts anymore and isn't on Twitter, so fucking... So I've said that now, he's going to appear behind me and stab me in the neck or something. I'll just, I'll just drop the seed on at me. I'll have to say his name three times in a mirror. 
So as I mentioned, we're looking at Ron's Championship Wrestling, and uh, I will be throwing to Rob soon to give us the history on that because he's responsible for, for us watching this uh, thing. But first up, we've got to recommend some some drinks uh, to watch it with. Uh, ben, what would you recommend people drink while watching Ron's Championship Wrestling? Battery acid probably is the best thing to get for it. Um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I kid, I kid, I kid. Something strong. <laughs> Terps. Terps, yeah. White spoon. Yeah, or something that, uh, like the worst pint of snake bite I ever had, which was half a pint of special brew and half a pint of uh, white lightning. That was. Um, Ooh. That was that was powerful, <laughs> but you might need if that. You're alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, well then, you know, it might give you an effect in your stomach. So you could use Johnny Vegas's uh, recipe for homemade uh, Gaviscon, which was uh, half a pint of Bailey's and half a pint of Quantro. <laughs> Don't do well, it. Sounds, it. Sounds, sounds tastier than what you drank. <laughs> I'm not taking this question seriously, so you can probably tell. <laughs> That's, well, nobody took the production of this television programme seriously, apart from apart from one of the hosts. But you said that about the snake bite. It's just reminded me of when went through a phase of going into... Well, I used to have a couple of locals would spend drinking Gibsons until about midnight, and then Dodger was open late, so we'd go down to the other bar. And my mate John went through a phase of always being in there first and getting everybody in at a shot called an earthquake. It was a double shot. It was a shot of absinthe and a shot of brandy in the same glass. And bear in mind, we'd already had maybe eight to ten pints in the first pub. And it gave us those. And we couldn't reject them because we're free and we're young and stupid. So we'd neck that straight down. And then I'd wake up. It really was amazing stuff. Maybe time travel. Last time I drank absinthe, I woke up on the Isle of Wight. Inside in Mallorca. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, I think I reckon... Some sort of um, bourbon whiskey to drink with this. I think that would be an aged, an aged bourbon. I think would be good to cope with bronze championship wrestling, <laughs> being that it is based in in ten, sort of Tennessee, Kentucky sort of region. I think, yeah, we'll go with that. Fair enough, solid recommendation. Rob, what about you? I think I might change this on the fly. I think I might recommend uh, Magic Rocks uh, Demol, which is a 10% bourbon stout, and it's fucking awful. <laughs> it's, it's pro- I love Magic Rocks, but it's not great, is it? No, no. I've, I've had it hand-pulled. I've had it out of a can. Don't improve it either way. <laughs> promises, um, promises a lot of delivers very little, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I actually had a time in mind, and it's just the word wrong. Uh, so I've gone for the Ron Sealed Harvest Gold Saison from uh, Northern Monk Brewery in conjunction with Ron Seal. Uh, 5.8% farmhouse ale Saison. I gave it three out of five. So, oh, sorry, a Ron Seal beer? Yep. They did two. The Harvest Gold Saison and some of the brown ale. So it had the Ron Seal branding all over it. Well, I'm looking forward to the Cooper and Oil spin-off from Northern Monk then, in that case. I think, they're missing, I think they're missing a trick of doing a Castrol GTX, like you know, Castrol yeah. GTX IPA. Uh, does Beth have a, a beer for his Rob, or is she still, is she still on hiatus? Oh, well, she, she's a um, highly rated one. We had uh, actually at Weatherspoons the other night. Uh, it was uh, Beer O'Clock from 
Reedley Hallows Brewery. It's uh, a 3.8% session beer, and it's one that she gave 4.25 out of 5 to. Shuffling hell. Fair play. Yeah. It is brewed in Burnley, though. Oh, so there was only a hint of massive bias. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> they don't need the help in the league anymore, Beth. You don't have to rate the beers in the hope the football form will follow them. <laughs> oh no, she says it's barring at the moment. <laughs> she prefers it when they're losing. <laughs> it sounds about right, sounds on brand. <laughs> so it's now the point where I throw over to Rob and we get a bit of background on Ron's championship wrestling. And I me and Ben both asked the question why? You will be asking that question. Uh, so there is a big history of wrestling in, in Knoxville on the local television channels, going back to 1957 with John Kazanin's Wide World of Wrestling. And he is the father of um, the first episode of Smoky Mountain Wrestling's Joe Kazana that uh, we, we called Boom Boom Kazana and gave him a cult cabana uh, type fame. <laughs> so so now, now I know who he is. Only one episode of that survives. Uh, which is from December 1972, and is a, used as a clip in this episode. So the full episode survives, and it's got its adverts from 1972. We must cover it. <laughs> and, and it's quite good, actually. Yeah. And, it's probably better than this. Oh, there, there, there's a, a world of production value apart in the two <laughs> promotions. Um, so that ran until 1974, at which point... Uh, it was replaced with Southeastern Championship Wrestling that was run by Ron Fuller. Uh, and that ran till 1985. Um, there's loads of episodes on YouTube for that. Maybe not going back as far as 74, but certainly there's a good chance the last one would be on. But they had a rival promotion that was called All-Star Championship Wrestling because it was kind of the super friends of wrestling that assembled to try and get the Knoxville NWA um, territory license away from the Southeastern Championship Wrestling, which they actually succeeded in doing. And it was set up by Ron Wright, Ronnie Garvin, Bob Roop, Bob Orton Jr. and Boris Malenko. Yeah. yeah. So they ended up taking the uh, NWA franchise for a little bit but uh, it's generally considered that they killed the territory <laughs> um, um southeastern championship wrestling merges with gulf coast championship wrestling and uh, they've got the nwa membership as continental championship wrestling the first and last episodes are on youtube ron fuller then sells to david woods who renames it continental wrestling federation that ran just through 1988, first and last episodes are there. But then he goes off and sets off his own spin-off promotion called USA Championship Wrestling in 1988. High production values, batshit insane promotion, first and last episodes are on YouTube. Fucking hell, we've got a lot to get through. So Ron Fuller then goes, uh, he, he uh, spends a bit of time working for WCW, WWF, uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling, uh, all over the place. Jim Cornette comes in and finds found Smoky Mountain Wrestling in 1991, headquarters in Knoxville. Obviously, the whole series is there. We've already covered the first episode uh, when we had uh, Matt Butler on the show. And in 1995, Tennessee Mountain Wrestling is found by Ronnie Garvin, and they're 
trying to take Smoky Mountain's business away. This is uh, coming to the end of Smoky Mountain wrestling. And I probably can't do the story justice. Jim Cornette tells uh, a story on his podcast about his run-in with uh, Terry Landell, who is on this episode of Ron's Championship Wrestling and very involved with Tennessee Mountain Wrestling. Jim Cornette admits to trying to murder him. Um, there's a time that he's chasing him with a gun, a time that, uh, but then after that, they become friends and uh, agree that Tennessee Mountain Wrestling should invade Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Six weeks later, Smoky Mountain Wrestling closes down before they've had a chance to do the invasion angle. So <laughs> Ter- Terry Landell's really upset with him. Jim Cornett is promoting a show with uh, Ron Fuller in, uh, in Knoxville um, after his left WWF at that point. And Terry Landell is on the roof of the building dropping free tickets to his show with dollar bills attached to them to uh, get people to not go to the Jim Carnett show and to go to Terry Landell's show. Jim Carnett gets a slingshot and he's uh, firing ball bear, what, trying to fire ball bearings at him, but finds out that he's run away. Um, then, then Carnett tells this story about there were running a, another show at a muffler garage, which I believe is the one that's advertised in this episode. And Jim Carnett's and um, his girlfriend drive down. Jim Carnett's in the passenger seat, and he pulls up and starts shouting at Terry Landell, who maces him uh, through the passenger window. <laughs> Jim Carnett's blinded. Apparently, Jim Carnett uh, gets out and he's swinging a baseball bat and hitting some of Terry Landell's mates with the baseball bat. He says that his uh, girlfriend, uh, Stacey, got a, a steel folding chair and was chasing Terry Landell down the road uh, while he's spraying mace over his shoulder trying to avoid her. So he had a steel folding chair, a, a, a baseball bat all in, and mace all in the car at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. For, initially, I did think you, I thought like a medieval mace, but then I realised you were talking about the spray. Yeah. <laughs> I well, wouldn't put anything story. past Cornet. It's like Grand Theft Auto where you have to select your weapon. You're like going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Jim Carnet gets back in the car. He said that um, he's half-blinded by the mace. Uh, he thinks he's running over Terry Landell, but actually runs over somebody else and then drives off. Apparently, um, Jim Carnett, um, the, the person who ran over sues him for a civil suit. Jim Carnett claims that uh, um, he's uh, managed to settle her for reckless driving, and now, he, now he's claiming he's passed the expiry date uh, for when he can be prosecuted, and it's double duty because he's already been tried on the reckless driving. Case, yeah. but yeah, um, he uh, he did run over, as I say, one of Terry Landell's mates. But that's according to Jim Carnett. I mean, he, he does sound like Jay from the In Betweeners. Yeah, just a little bit. Jesus Christ! But you know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So Terry Landell ends up being part of the team that takes over Tennessee Mountain Wrestling, along with Bob Orton Jr., who was involved in this at this time when this episode's filmed, uh, Tony Anthony, who you might know better as either Dirty White Boy or T.L. Hopper. Yeah. Yeah. He of the, uh, he of the shit shoveling fame. Yeah, and they decide they're going to rename this promotion Ron's Championship Wrestling, after Ron Wright, for reasons. What, what are we going to call this promotion, Hurst? A lot of Ron's involved. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's not the one that owns it anymore. Um, so that runs for the, this sprint that we've got between 2002 to three. Then they change the name back to Tennessee Mountain Wrestling. 
and that runs till about 2007 and then there's a bit of a gap and then they bring it back and it's on a, there's a few episodes on YouTube and then we go full circle because as of 2022 Joe Kazana has relaunched Wide World of Wrestling and there's two seasons of it on YouTube <laughs> fucking hell what <laughs> that is absolutely insane I love it, and, <laughs> I love it. we've done this before Smoky Mountain Wrestling because now I've got context for like a load of the stuff that was happening when we watched Smoky Mountain <laughs> we're just going next <laughs> how many people did Jim Cornette try and kill let me consult the ledger. Lord. I'll put my mace down and I'll consult the ledger. <laughs> worst thing, the worst thing about this is he's admitting to attempted murder and all the comments on YouTube are, oh, Jim's so funny. I wish you'd have caught Terry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the... Um... The, the the fandom knows no bounds. It seems the the cult of Cornet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he uh, he said he'd never go back to uh, Knoxville. He said Terry Landell can have the rest of the country because if he ever goes back, he'd kill him. Terry Landell uh, has since passed away, so uh, maybe Jim Cornet can go to Knoxville. I'm still reeling from that. To be honest, it's it's just amazing then that with all that craziness in mind and and everything that came sort of that led to. <laughs> Ron's championship wrestling, the name just tickles me still. It's amazing then that with all that chaos going on, that, that they started with uh, with a really, really shit telethon. Well, this is it, because they'd started the promotion, but they hadn't got enough money to, to run any events or anything, so they're having to try and find ways that they can get some money. And most of that is apparently Terry Landell just talking. Whether it makes sense or not, or whether he's talking over... The supposed you know namesake of the uh, namesake of the show in Ron Wright is he just talks a lot of shit for about twenty eight minutes. But do you know where he talks? Damn! <sighs> You're gonna make this a drinking game. Satellite base. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. This is, so this is gonna get me very drunk because I've got some high percentage beers on the go, and it's gonna probably give Ben a heart attack because he's drinking cans of energy drink. So I take it that every time we get back to Terry Landell and, uh, and Ron Wright, drink. Sorry, Ben. Your your days of word of the week on Marty Fit podcast are potentially coming to an end. <laughs> gonna sound like Joe Pasquale next week. <laughs> Like fixing his little woman his high voice thing on. <laughs> so it started off promising, did this uh, this telethon opening episode of Ron's Championship Wrestling. And that was when I looked at the logo and it vaguely reminded me of ECW. And it kind of went downhill from there. There was Buff Bagwell on the start video. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was another relative high point. Um, there was a lot of... There was clips of a lot of wrestling, but we couldn't—I couldn't really make out many people because it was going by too fast. And it, um, made, it did make me laugh, though. It just—it was. It was <laughs> Please give us some money, but don't worry, Buff Bagwell's coming. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> T.L. Hopper, he'll be here. <laughs> yeah, that'll put butts in seats. <laughs> um, you know, it, was, it was a typical montage opening, and, and then we've got the um, the height of of drama and theatre, we've got two dudes sat at a table 
One being Ron Wright and one Terry Landell, who who dressed up for the the occasion. He had his uh, he had his good baseball cap on. What what I love about how they put the camera, they've got this massive phone number beneath them, and then they're sat behind it, and then half the screen's the curtain above their heads. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it was only green because they they intended that if it came to it, that they could use that as a green screen. And I doubt it ever came to any use. But but anyway, we we are in satellite base, so I forgot to say drink. And Terry Landell just waffles, and that's the theme for the show. He starts waffling on, and then he introduces Ron Wright, calls him an old legend, and then he starts saying everybody wants to have wrestling in their town, so if they'd like to raise money, they have the number to call in and donate. I'll paraphrase that because he took about three minutes to say it. Well, I play minus eight. He says everyone wants to have wrestling in their towns. I put really. But they've got a really funny way about trying to raise money, haven't they? Because they want to get in on the ground with charity events, but they paid to do them. Yeah. <laughs> it's what's helped you raise money by you paying us to turn up. It doesn't matter if it's a school, a fire station, anywhere. Please pay us and we'll come. <laughs> County fair. <laughs> it's a very wrestling carny way of looking at it, isn't it? You help us to help you. Fucking <laughs> pyramid scheme. <laughs> Jerry Randell does get Ron Wright to run through the history of um, wrestling in Knoxville, but he, he missed out quite a bit of uh, what I've gone through. Yeah, he, start, and he starts going about uh, John Kazana and, and starting up and all that. And, and John Kazana's, uh, I suppose, I think grandson is uh, AJ Kazana, who's currently yeah. uh, one half of the US Tag Team Champions in the NWA. So the third or fourth generation, I couldn't, I couldn't quite figure out the family. Uh, basically, runs through everything that that you went through in a bit more detail there, Rob, and, and come right round to uh, to Ron Wright here, and he's good. They're going to throw to a commercial, but when they come back, it's a tip of Ron in 1973. Well, it's oh. 1972 actually, which I, I can't really blame them for because I can't imagine they had great advertising uh, at the time, you know, um, archiving, sorry, at the time to try and work out what it's from. It's actually the 2nd of December, 1972, the episode's from. I found a little bit of uh, info about that clip, because that clip from that event that he obviously turns up, which I've got an amazing quote here from someone describing uh, Ron Wright as he's the most evil man in the horn rims or something like that, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to find it again now. But that uh, event, which I found online, is the earliest surviving footage of Jerry Lawler. He was at that event. Yeah, it's in the main event, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, the baddest man in the horn rims, it's Ron Wright. Is that referring to his glasses or the area in the rim? It is the glasses, I believe. You're quite right, though. Before that, we've got the commercial break. The first advert advert is Ron Wright shilling for the Tennessee Bond uh, Bond Company. Hello there, wrestling fans. None other than Ron Wright from Ron's Championship Wrestling right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. I want to introduce you to a good friend of mine just in case you ever need bonded out of jail here anywhere in this part of the country in Knoxville. Mr. Brent Woods, a man you need to call. Thanks, Ron. Well, I'm Brent Woods with Tennessee Bonding Company. If you ever go to jail in Anderson, Knox, Jefferson, Granger, or Cobb County, for your fastest way out of jail, please give me a call. Brent Woods with Tennessee Bonding Company. (laughs) (laughs) If you you ever find yourself in jail... (laughs) if, If you think that sounds a bit 
sort of rednecky and a bit sort of low budget. Um, it's much worse than you'd expect <laughs> because this, the Tennessee bonding company is literally a guy called Brent Woods who you call to bond you out of jail if you get arrested in certain towns in Tennessee. He will post a bond for you. I'm not sure how he makes money out of that, but he'll do it. He's a good friend of Ron. <laughs> That's all that matters. Well, I think they put down a deposit, don't they? And if people have sconed or whatever, they have to pay the whole amount or something. And I don't know if he gets commission on that or something. I imagine no. that's how it works. Just a strange concept if, uh, if you don't live in America, I think. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better booker it better. That noise right there means it's time for Steve-O to booker it better. Don't show for me. Well, let me tell you something, Cole. Have you ever been on the wrong side of the law? Have you ever been in jail? Well, let me tell you something, Cole. I set up a business. Booker T. Tennessee Bond Bail Bond Company. That's right. That's the Booker T. Tennessee Bail Bond Company. And if you dial 522718, I, Booker T, will come along with a spinneroony. And I'll spin you out of jail. <laughs> the image of the image of Booker T spinner ruining people out of jail. Is that, does that mean he's going to spin his way into jail, knock the wall down so they can escape, or is he going to walk in, get them on his back, and spin a Rooney out of there? You just imagine him flying over the wall. <laughs> it takes off like a helicopter. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, I mean, there's more, definitely more personality to Steelers' rendition than uh, than Ron Wright and, and Brent Woods. <laughs> One thing I loved about Brent Woods, it's Tennessee Bonding Company in Anderson, Knox, Johnson, Granger. It's like, and I looked on the map, and that's like really saying on Knoxville. And Anderson, Knox, Johnson. <laughs> I think one of them's Cock County. Oh God. Yeah, that was uh, that was certainly something. Thank you, as always, Steve. The second advert is for wrestling fans who have car problems. If you've got and, and car problems, Jim Carnet chest. Go to go to Economy Auto Services on East Magnolia Avenue because we know you can't afford the premium. I love the emphasis on economy every time they say it. It's all right. It's like economy auto service. We're really cheap. Uh, probably good. <laughs> I love the service that it transmissions, tune ups, parts, even if you don't know what's wrong. <laughs> if, if it's making a noise, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and this is like four minutes into the show. It's the last line in that advert that always gets me is tell them Ron sent you. <laughs> Because we've only got five customers. But as we've already established, there's about 27 people called Ron involved in this promotion. So you go, oh, which one? Uh, the one you know. Different levels of discount. It's Ron right, that's 20% extra. <laughs> the Ron hierarchy. Yeah. Oh, God. For some reason, bumper to bumper service uh, got me. I don't know why that made me chuckle, but it did. It just sounded funny. Alas, we have to leave the adverts behind. And we're back in satellite base. Drink. And they're going to show us a tape to see how wrestling's changed. They want to go back to the old days, basically before Pyro. And this was the it, it was the first time that... The, the, is it Tony Landell or Terry Landell? I've already forgotten. 
Terry. Uh, Terry Landell. He, he chose his name because he was a big fan of Buddy Landell, and as Jim Carnett said, uh, ruined Buddy Landell's name in Tennessee for years. <laughs> I, I did wonder if they were related, and if they were, how how bad he was. <laughs> how was he so bad? But it's, it's the first time at this point that he says a really weird phrase. Uh, which feels like he's trying to play for time. And he says, they're going to, so they're going to show us something from 1973, which we know is 1972. Then he says, so sit down in your house and watch this. You can't watch it outside. You can't watch it in the garden. They, they actually, because we get the start video is sort of cropped because of where it's been recorded, but it's on full on episode two. And it actually says, sit down in your house and get ready for Ron's championship wrestling. I did wonder if they were going to try and make a thing out of it, and it's yeah. fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down in your house. What, what if I'm at somebody else's house? What if I want to stand up? <laughs> and then we get a Ron Wright promo, and a lot of the time I like to write stuff down, you know, verbatim, word for word, just so I get the proper context of everything. <laughs> Good I'll, luck with I'll, that. I'll be, I'll be if I can understand even half of what this of what he's saying. Oh, I thought some of this was brilliant. Ron Wright comes in and he compl- he complains that his chair's too low and that um, <laughs> Jim Hess has lowered his chair and <laughs> Jim goes, I'm not in charge of the damn chairs, Ron! <laughs> <laughs> the, first thing, the first thing Ron does is he turns Jim's notes over. Yeah, you don't need them. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did like Jim Hess. Oh, he was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was banging on about on and on about beating somebody. But I couldn't even catch the guy's name. As far as I, as far as I was, could tell, it was called Domo Drano. It was um, John Dermo that he uh, he had a match with. That match was actually on the seventeenth of November, nineteen seventy-two. But obviously, when they film and when it when it goes out, because Ron, Ron's quite a skinny guy here, and he's saying that they had to send out eight wrestlers and all the police in the arena to get to get him off uh, to get him off John Dermo. Or whatever his name was, he just, yeah, I've already forgotten. I watched all this in the, I watched all this in the aftermath of a migraine. It was a very weird experience. <laughs> I don't know if it made it better or worse. I did love though that Ron Wright was saying, you know, you can't see any bruises on me. Dromo hasn't come out here on television to show you his bruised up face. <laughs> then, then Hesse said, I didn't see any bruises on him either. <laughs> <laughs> It cuts to a sign in the crowd that says Ron oh, yes, I love it. Kyle runs off. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It was just such... manners with his hair, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was just such a showy clusterfuck. Uh, I could pick up Ron moaning about the ref interrupting and he'd answered an open challenge and why was the ref enforcing the rules and it's at this point I've just given up trying to figure out what's going on and put uh, put him on notes that Ron has some amazing sideburns. And he looks, I can say this is a man who wears glasses, he looks like a right specky twat. He was such a good heel in 1972. Those people hated him. At the time, it was referred to as Motormouth Ron Wright. I can understand why. Yeah. He sounded, um, like, a, he sounded like an old diesel engine trying to start up on a cold day. But there was there was a brilliant bit where um, he, he like he stops talking for a second and Jim Hess goes, "Are you through?" And he goes, "No, I was just waiting for you to open your mouth so I could tell you to shut up." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know you guys have had like problems with understanding what, but I really got like Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon vibes from these two. Oh no, I did. Oh no, I did. That's absolutely. a bit strong. 
Not the same level, but no, I know I did. It was um, the banter between the two of them was absolutely really good, really, really good. The, the bits I could understand were quite amusing. It's actually funnier in hindsight now that Rob's translating for me. I just like the fact that Ron ends up sort of he challenges Hess, he challenges some commission commission he challenges the referee the referee says ah, i haven't got my license with the commission or whatever he says <laughs> and then you find a hundred dollars that he's suspended for a week and then he's suspended for a year and it's um, it all gets a bit confusing after that and john yeah. Casana comes out oh he, he does? does yeah yeah and gives the referee the ability to suspend ron right for a year and find him a thousand dollars was it yeah <laughs> Because, of course, you give a referee that. Ron's already been suspended for 15 days and $100 fine. So, naturally, the next step is for a year and $1,000. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it does. Right. It $1,000 in, um, well, I, th- I think i would got down $100 in those days was £715 um, pounds in today's money. There you wow. go. Fair enough. Yeah, they say, they say they can fine Ron for any physical contact. So, Ron Wright decides to slap the referee. And then Jim Hess decides that technically a slap doesn't count. They offer the referee a match, don't they, with uh, Ron Wright, rather than suspending him. And uh, but they said, then they got, but we've only got one referee. <laughs> John Kazanna and Jim Hess are debating who's going to referee out of the two of them. And um, John Kazanna goes, well, my licence has expired. It'll have to be you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so I didn't. It was funny in places, but it, it worries me that that's the, the clip they decided was the best one to show off first. Well, it's probably what's, to be fair. Yeah. Of, thought, what are they going to hook people in with? This promo. That'll do. I well, think there, was another, there was another classic line in this uh, promo. Ron Wright said, what business does a referee have, in te- have telling me what's legal and illegal in a wrestling match? He should have bought a ticket and sat in the crowd and minded his own business. <laughs> I think he was trying to get at the fact that he answered an open challenge, so there shouldn't be any set rules or some bollocks. It was, it was actually some, well, now that I think about it, some impressive sort of heel mental gymnastics to try and get his point across. I loved this segment. Absolutely loved it. I like it more now that it's been translated. But I think the fact that I needed it translated is, is to its detriment. What about you, Ben? How did you feel about it? I, th- I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. I said before about crowd reactions, you can hear the crowd react to Ron Wright before he even appears in shot. And Hess is just talking about the card or whatever. And um, I was reading about that event. Like I said, I was reading about that event with Lawler in the main event. And there was some, uh, on that event, there was some terrible snowstorm in uh, Tennessee. And only like five wrestlers turned up. So um, I think one rest- one wrestler did about four matches that night, or <laughs> something like that. It was, <laughs> I thought it was that's why Hess was on camera so much, just trying to buy some time, so that the wrestlers could catch their breath. Pretty much, pretty much. But no, I thought, yeah, it's it was a great heel moment for for him. I thought it was great. <laughs> and the side the side with the the cast royal that did make me laugh. <laughs> I want to review that episode because, you know, it's the one that exists. So we should go back and do it. I don't even have a choice, do I? It's got adverts, Dan. I'm in for the adverts. I'm in for the adverts. I'd do it for the adverts. But with that, we're back to satellite base. Drink. Oh, 
to be and, buzzing uh, off my tits tonight. <laughs> <laughs> just like they're trying to get to sleep, just vibrating constantly. Yeah. Make of that what you will. But uh, I nearly called it Buddy Landell. Terry Landell gives us the uh, the Saturday morning time slots, 10.30 to 11.30. They want people to tell the friends that Ron's Championship Wrestling is on. And then seemingly goes on a rant about people outside the wrestling business wanting to be involved in the wrestling business is what's wrong with the wrestling business. No, but, but it wasn't that, because I thought that was a rant. You know, there's people who are, you know, are involved in the wrestling business. What's wrong with the wrestling business is a lot today is a lot of boys from outside with no business being in the wrestling business want to be in the wrestling business. So what we're going to do, we're going to get them in the ring and we're going to train them up and give them a chance. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, that's not sentences. <laughs> <laughs> he said he went one way with it and then he went oh shit we've got a wrestling school we need to sell and then he was like oh Ron's Championship Wrestling sentence roller coaster. <laughs> Ron was probably stabbing him on his leg under the desk I don't think Ron had the energy to stab anybody at this point I don't think he actually wanted to be there uh, oh god! I saw an advert for um, the the wrestling school, which um, Bob Orton trained trained people at, and uh, he's going. I'm the greatest trainer of wrestlers in the world. I've trained wrestling legends. I've trained wrestling legends right from my groin. <laughs> <laughs> That's that doesn't mean what you think it means, <laughs> Mister Mister Robert Orton. <laughs> oh good god! That's just ridiculous. <laughs> he plugs he plugs Ron's wrestling school, and then Ron just starts going on about wrestlers who've got the start in Tennessee and gone on to WCW and WWF slash WWE. And then Landell just jumps in and starts talking about upcoming shows, uh, you know, November twenty second in Maryville and then a Thanksgiving show until and then he's plugging for donations again. And it's just, it's just all over the shop. It feels like stream of Landell's consciousness as to what they're talking about. Because then he just starts talking about who's coming in next week. We'll be talking to Buff Bagwell and what he'll be bringing in. And then saying they've got a show at Tennessee, uh, the Tennessee Valley Fair and get, got, they'll be getting contracts signed and they've got Dirty White Boy, you know, T.L. Hopper and uh, a local talent called Wildman Jeff Anderson. And I think he said Sammy V is going to be the commissioner. Well, they, they say at some point that they're going to have three commissioners. And yeah. Ron goes, uh, that's what we need. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> More enforcement of the rules. You haven't even had a match yet and you've got three commissioners. <laughs> Sad all the bad bastards. Then Terry Landell says, if you have any tapes or magazines, um, send them in to Ron Wright's uh, wrestling at, at this number, which isn't how you send stuff in. No. No, you know. But it's like, what the fuck? Are they having a car boot sale? <laughs> <laughs> Ron's just sat, Ron's just sat there like this is why the missus left me, but I can't stop collecting. <laughs> it's so weird. Also, at this point, Terry Landell hadn't actually introduced himself in his full name. He'd just been referred to as Landell. Yeah. On future episodes, he calls himself the K Town Baddie. So I don't know if that's because he's from Keefley. <laughs> Or because he's on ketamine. Lord only knows. It's it's just so bad. Um, I, thought said, got... I, thought said, I thought you said Ron only knows then for a minute. <laughs> right, Ron only knows. <laughs> That's what it's come to. Ron's been doing so much research on this. Ron, 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 Ron. 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 
Is it was called that Big Jim Hess would be his partner <laughs> when he turns up and Landell's there. Oh, Next up, we get a montage of, uh, of random pictures of old wrestlers. Uh, I picked with, out of... With the old VHS play in the corner. <laughs> yes, I did like that. That was probably the highlight, because I picked out a few. I saw uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, I think it was... Uh, I couldn't... I think it was uh, Jack Briscoe was in there. Uh, I think Lou Thez was in there, George Steele, Jerry Lawler. And I think I saw Bob Armstrong in there as well. Did you guys catch any uh, any familiar faces? Yeah, so Bob Armstrong was in there. There was a picture of Whitey Caldwell and an extremely young Kevin Sullivan, uh, which I put on my Twitter um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago with how it's going and uh, how it's died and how it's going sort of thing. <laughs> And Whitey Caldwell had actually died in 1972 in a car crash just before um, that episode was taped. But it had a feud previously with Ron Wright. And Ron Wright had put his championship show horse on the line to have this match with him. And Whitey Caldwell won the match and then auctioned off Ron's horse in storyline. Fuck. <laughs> I love wrestling storylines. They get me so invested. <laughs> yeah, I'm regretting saying that. <laughs> it shows how much better Wide World of Wrestling in 72 was than Ron Wright's wrestling was in 2000, no, 30 oh, yeah. years later. Crucial question. Did the horse kick anybody mid-match? I hope so. I can only hope. I also saw um, Sandy Scott in one of the pictures. And he's down. Because well, at the end of this, the, the credits roll. So they make it look like... Yeah. The end of a fucking video. He's the producer of the video, so his own picture was in there. But he was a Jim Crockett Promotions executive, and he was one of the founding people with Jim Cornette for Smoky Mountain Wrestling with Stan Lane. Oh, fair enough. I, I also think I saw a very young Sergeant Slaughter in there. The Mongolian Stomper was in there, and Moondog Spot. I don't know. I don't, don't know if I picked up Slaughter. With somebody who looked very like him, then, but with a. I th- I thought I saw even even Koloff, but I could be wrong in that as well. Yeah, no, you mention it. I mean, they, they flashed up a hell of a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was really excited though when the credits started rolling. I thought, great, I could stop watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't the credits for this show; it was the credits of what they've stolen it from. Well, yeah, uh, the first the first name on the credits announced Jim Ross. I thought I didn't see Jim Ross on that. What? <laughs> <laughs> Where was he? I'll have to go yeah. back. <laughs> Only two letters different to Jim Hess. <laughs> yeah, there is that, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And then in, in, my, in my notes, yeah, I've just got, oh, no, it's not the end. But we're back at Satellite Base. <sighs> Drink. We're back at Satellite Base, and not even Terry Landell can justify what he's just seen. He said that was a very good, and then starts talking about Caldwell and some of the matches that Ron, uh, that Ron had with him. Asks what the roughest match was and where, and Ron Wright just starts banging on about it's a battering wherever they were, wherever they were, but they may have had a Tennessee chain match at one point and doesn't specify a location. Well, it'd be Knoxville, won't it? Let's be honest, all of these matches happened in Knoxville. Yeah, maybe. Just Buddy Landell takes forever to ask a question, so I've, I've paraphrased all of it. Yeah, he asks Ron if he's still got the loaded boot and claims that loads of people keep calling in. I know a good fact about the loaded boot, though, which yeah. I um, that it it, it led. One of it, it led to the inadvertent creation of the DDT. 
Because it was used, it was used by the grappler in a match against Jake Roberts, and during that match, he sort of stumbled, and that's when he stumbled when Jake had him in a front face lock and inadvertently created the DDT. I thought he stumbled because he had the loaded boot. Yeah, I think he went to use it, and then Jake sort of grabbed him in a front face lock, but slipped, and he went down. Created the DDT. So did Jake Roberts build a little platform to put the original loaded boot on like Ron Wright did? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Did he say that his grandkids have it on a plinth in the den along with the original Tennessee chain? Yes. And and, and he used the word plinth, and I was so happy about the use of the word plinth. It's Ron's word of the week. It's Ron's word. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Ben, give us a plinth. I have already plinthed on the Morty and Fitz show. (laughs) Hang on. Plinth. There we go. There we go. go. (laughs) You've already plinthed on the Martian fish. (laughs) Well, you're only human. Character building. uh, (laughs) Narcolepsy. Yeah, that that tickled me. They're going to throw another tape in, and Landell had to do his own segue because Ron Wright couldn't be fucked. (laughs) Ron's just sat there like, I just want to talk about the glory days. Couldn't give a shit that you're trying to do a, a TV show. It's probably it's probably just his coping mechanism. He's gone from really well produced television to this. <laughs> Speaking of really well really well produced television, what we see next isn't it? Because it's some grainy, dark, awful footage from 1976, and it's made so much worse by Landell's narrating. So we've got the Tennessee stud Ron Fuller with Rod Fuller and Bullet Bob Armstrong versus Ron Wright, the assassin, and I think he said Don Carson. Don Carson, who trained with and was a tag team partner and lift chair with Rene Goulet. Legend. There we go. Touched by greatness. Not in that way. <laughs> Not in the Bob Arton Jr. way. No. Oh, God. I mean, I, I couldn't make any details of what was going on here. The, the action was going on in the ring, but the footage the footage is so bad that it's it's hard to make out. And then Landell's commentary just doesn't help anything at all because he starts asking Ron what's going on, doesn't let Ron speak, and then just moves on to the next thing. It, it, wasn't, a fun, it wasn't a fun thing to watch this. Yeah, it, it, was, it was awful. The quality of it was awful. You could hardly see what was going on. I did catch uh, Ron Wright using some brass knuckles, and I did catch uh, Don Carson's uh, glorious uh, blonde uh, hair. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I was going to ask if you had anything to add, Ben, but that that is just it. At one point, Ron, at one point, Landell interrupts Ron Wright to talk to him about Don Carson and peanut butter. Yeah. I don't know what exactly that was, but it's in my notes, so it must have happened. <laughs> The, the, the best bit of this match was at the end of the match because the, the bottom turnbuckle had broken so it had come detached from the ring post and the faces have got out of the cage and Ron Wright grabs the turnbuckle and tries and throws it over the cage at them but he slips when he's doing it and he falls out of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I hope was, you know, kayfabe to make himself look like an idiot because obviously he's a heel and everyone wants to see him get his comeuppance. Yeah, and then the, the, um, Landell asks where Ron is towards the end of the clip. And uh, he, he, as he says that, um, Wright gets chucked back into the ring. 
Yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. So you know they got one moment of timing right. I'll give him that. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was a very difficult watch. But to quote Nitro Knights, very very punchy, kicky from what you could make out, and just not made any better by the uh, the terrible commentary that was dubbed over the top. And then we get. Oh, I, well, I, I fucked this lads because Lewis Tillette's out next, who's no relation to Maurice Tillette, managed by Don Carson. So Don Carson's one degree of separation away from greatness because it was uh, Lewis Tillet who was Red Age Goulet's tag team partner and trainee and Carson. Unbelievable. Well, now I don't know what to believe. <laughs> How could you, Rob? So there's a retraction there. But Don Carson still had glorious hair with that one degree of separation from uh, Goulet. This is true. And the, but the funniest thing about this was when it cuts to a shot of the crowd... And it looks like the it looks like it's been viewed through a strawberry jelly, and you've got Landell saying, "Doesn't that crowd look magnificent?" I was like, "Oh, no, they look ill." My favourite bit was Terry Landell said, "I don't believe you can get Louis to let down." Just as Ron Wright knocks him down and starts punching him on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it just and and Ron gets knocked out because uh, Louis to let lands on his head. <laughs> Tillet does a Ghostbuster suplex onto a chair to Ron Wright, doesn't it? And it, it reminded me in Smoky Mountain Wrestling when, you know, Ron's in the wheelchair and he's talking about all these wrestlers beating him up and I'm thinking, fucking right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that won't tickle. That won't tickle. And we're back to the studio, back in satellite base. Drink. Landell comes in with some bullshit saying it was a really good match. And they're going to get a real good guy from Johnson City who thinks he knows wrestling, so Landell's going to slap it to him. Which, I'll be honest, just made me think that Landell was going to smack him around the face with his penis. <laughs> I, I don't know what slap it to him means. Well, Bob Orton's <laughs> waiting there in the training school, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I like how we've just gone for Bob Orton pervert sex pest. <laughs> You have to watch this video from 2011. I can't believe it. And, and his Tennessee Mountain Wrestling. And he was involved in this. So, you know. Oh, God. But we get the adverts again. Same that's, ones, unfortunately. But in the reverse order. Yeah. It's like a whole new experience. <laughs> and it's still a bit crap. Uh, but we're not, we're not in satellite base now. We're in a really bad mock-up of... Of uh, Landell's grandma's living room for Knoxville Insider. All right, this, is my, this, this is my favorite bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> even, even the set, it's like the precursor to the Between Two Ferns with uh, Zach Galifianakis. It's, it was just mad. <laughs> and I, I thought it was amazing. Well, I, I've not made any notes about the set. So go on, Ben. Run, run, run down a bit of it for us, what you can remember. Well, the, the first thing that Landell says to this guy, who's who's also called Ron, I think. That's who Ron Yeah. The first thing goes, so you and Ron Wright, you're, you're, you're close. Do you know Ron? Do you know Ron at all? Are you sure you know Ron? Are you qualified to be here? Do you know Ron? And they build go-karts together, apparently. That's how they know each other. Which is Ron Wright's legitimate hobby, so yeah. that's a possibility. Yeah. But it's the, way, it's the way Landell introduced him. This week, we've got a good wrestling fan. Just, just a good wrestling fan, not not a shit wrestling fan or a mediocre wrestling fan, not a great wrestling fan. We've got a good wrestling fan. 
And the, you can tell he's a good wrestling fan because all the magazines he's brought in <laughs> just bagged him. What, what he didn't know was that one of them just had a razzle poking out the top of it. <laughs> Bob Arton's going to back for that later. But... <laughs> The thing I loved about this segment is it was clear that Ron Gaunt was supposed to be involved in, you know, the, the ground floor of this promotion. But the, well, the idea was, you know, oh, you come on and look like a fan, Ron, and then we'll have this conversation and we'll invite you back on. And over the weeks, we'll, like, promote you to be the thing. But he just lets the cat completely out of the bag by saying that they're starting a wrestling promotion and we're doing this and stuff. And you can almost see Landell, like, his face dropping as... Ron God. We don't have enough money to retake this. <laughs> no, it's, it's a one-time thing. Uh-huh. It's the panning shot of the old PWI magazines. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. It was it was so assumed. Ronnie's from Tri Cities. And what's the toughest match you've seen? And how long have you been watching? Landell has an obsession with asking about toughest matches. And this is the point where where Fan Ron Starts talking about the first time he saw Ron Wright was in December 19, 1978 in a high school gym in Bumblefuck Nowhere. And it was George Moffat versus Kevin Sullivan or some shit like that. It was on the card as well. And then we get the close to Ron Wright. Do you know Ron? Ron, 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 We do Ron, Ron. Do Ron, Ron. And that's it. That's the interview. Landell says, oh, Ron, says to fan Ron, you can come back next week. Not sure why. So sit down in your house. <laughs> and, th- and then he's like, let's go back to the studio. And he actually throws it to himself in the studio. <laughs> that I popped for. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Over to you. Over to, over to you, Terry. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, future Terry. No worries about Terry. He wasn't even wearing different clothes. No. <laughs> Oh, but we are back in the studio. Drink. Landell proves again that he's a fucking liar, uh, to quote Podfather Mags, and says that they've had a real good show. And next week, they'll have Bob Orton Jr., some Ron Wright in Smoky Mountain, plugs the phone number in their address for bookings, plugs the school again. Ron praises the trainers and says he, t- says, says he turns on WCW before remembering that they're out of business. Uh, I love as well, because he says something about, you know, we'll have a Bob Orton Jr. match on next week, or, or maybe the week after. <laughs> yeah. But the Smoky Mountain wrestling thing, that's poking the bear, isn't it? Yeah, that's a full-on, like, power play, isn't it? But Landell and Ron then just talk over each other on the outro, and I think it's Landell that says, like, it's just business, and he's trying to get that over as another catchphrase. But then they decide to play the full outro music. <laughs> It's like we've paid for the rights to this song. We're going to play the or they haven't, and they just but they have or they haven't under the understanding that they will play the whole thing at the end of the show. Yeah, it's Midnight Flyer by King Cade. It was a good song, but right at the end, there's like this thing for um, the website, and you'd think that you'd promote that through the show, but they don't mention it. It's just a little graphic that comes up. Well, I don't know much about that there internet, but <laughs> <laughs> my grandkid. <laughs> Tell me it's good. <laughs> oh god, we're out here live in fuck my cousin county. It was shit. And they had an extended advert for, the, for just showing the uh, the uh, the Roms Championship Wrestling Office address. 
And he said, right, for more info. It's like, what sort of info? They've left that really wide open, haven't they? I was saw on the back side of a bottle of Pepsi today. It said, if you want to get in touch, here's the number. It's like, well, what about just anything? <laughs> Dear Pepsi, will you be my friend? Hi, well, they do that. Which, which, which company is it? I think it's like Innocent Smoothies or something. They so just bring us up for a chat. You <laughs> can put that on the label. <laughs> oh, God. It was... <laughs> You did that simultaneously, that noise. <laughs> There's a hive mind element creeping in after <laughs> after so long doing these. <laughs> I don't like podcasting anymore. <laughs> That's all right. I enjoy talking about it, but it was a bit hard to get through. I, just, I still don't get that advert right at the end for, the, for their own offices. <laughs> well, in, in terms of adverts that were on the show, I don't know if you spotted, but in the end segment, there was a ring apron for a Premier Auto Centre. And I do know next week they've got an actual advert in the middle for Premier Auto Centre. But there's um, the, the Economy Autos and uh, the Tennessee Bonding Company yeah. um, and just any local school, charity or whatever that wants to give them money, they'll advertise, basically. I did yeah. watch I watched another one that it did have on the ring apron, Tennessee Bonding Company. I was like, there he is, Brent's still in business. Good old Brent. <laughs> <laughs> When they come back in 2011, Terry Landell's at a bus stop with like the thing behind him going, you know, if you need to be bonded out on this number. <laughs> I'm like, eight years of sponsorship from this company. Uh, I'm, I'm Googling to see if they're still going. The Tennessee Bonding Company is still going in Knoxville. And, and, and uh, Sevierville and in Maryville. It's expanded. <laughs> how, does, how does Mary feel about that, though? Bonded out of Mary. I had about seven different jokes trying all force the way out of my head then. In, insert dirty joke here. That's all I got. <laughs> so that's the adverts that were on Ron's Championship Wrestling. But in terms of shout-outs that we've had for the show, Steve-O, the day he was recording the uh, Ron Wright's um, bonding uh, adverts, uh, he said it was uh, ridiculous and apt that Booker T was trending at the same time. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect timing. The guys at One Man's Meat shouted us out uh, for being guests on their Cold Cut series. That was great fun. Anytime you need us, Podkids. Matt Butler at Trey Butler um, said that Smoky Mountain Wrestling was uh, give the people the podcast they want the way uh, it used to be and the way they like it. Well, and I think we're definitely going to have to get uh, Matt in for some of this uh, Knoxville based wrestling <laughs> that we're going to have to work our way through. <laughs> Someone needs to try and enjoy it. <laughs> Andy at Bam Bam Podcast said he very much enjoyed the Smoky Mountain wrestling and chatting to uh, Trey Butler. Um, and he said um, that uh, it was weird how Rick Rubin ended up getting involved. And Steve-O thought it looked like Jeff Stewart, a.k.a. Uh, Reg Hollis from The Bill. That was, a, that was a bizarre exchange and a really weird but enjoyable Twitter conversation to witness. Yeah, Rob at Green Rob eighty four um, was saying it's the greatest picture he'd ever seen, and uh, about how it fit in with being Reg from the Bill. It was a thing of beauty. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, your brother Cam Griff ninety two said uh, never heard of him. Yeah, gr- great to listen to on his uh, commute back uh, from Liverpool, getting some wrestling chatting. Well, we've had plenty of wrestling on this show as well. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling. 
Um, Aaron, S-S-L-I-N, apostrophe. Uh, we've had several shout-outs for Promoter Podcast Day. Um, Mark from the Project Football Podcast at Proj Project for shouted us out. We had um, Festival Podcasts at Festival P for that as well, as well as uh, Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris 1. Uh, Cam shouted us out for that. Pig Bladders shouted us out for that. Uh, and uh, Pig Bladders has uh, created us uh, some artwork for some upcoming projects that we've got uh, coming. He has, and they look absolutely phenomenal. But more will come out about that in due course. And if you're uh, if you're following us on Twitter, um, just thank you for everybody who, who plugged us for, for that sort of, you know that promotion and promote podcast. It's greatly greatly appreciated. And I'm. St- <laughs> I hope there's some spot on, otherwise I don't want to know what's going on in the other room. Um, <laughs> I think Bob Orton's just come to visit your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's Leeds I think it's Leeds Rhinos rugby. Um, please God, let it be Leeds Rhinos rugby. Um, <laughs> just see the door open and an arm cast come through the door. <laughs> <laughs> Now we better get to the uh, the most important part of the night, the awards uh, section of the show. Uh, first up is <laughs> two ticks. I, I hope rhinos are playing in there. Otherwise, that's uh, that's an awful lot of yelling for someone that I don't think I want to know about. Rhinos. Oh, good, it is the rhinos. I was always worried when I saw a smile that big on his face. <laughs> Uh, so we'll go to the awards section of the show. First up is match of the night. Ben, did you manage to pick a match out that you'd that you'd give match of the night? Well, no, um, <laughs> no. I think uh, match of the night. I would like to give to Run Right versus uh, Jim Hess. I think just for the, just for the verbal match more than anything. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that it was. Uh, Rob's shaking his head I don't know why I, I just wish that you'd understood it Dan because if you'd actually understood what they were saying you'd have loved it it was brilliant, it was brilliant. well I couldn't the, the need to speak proper English like what I does I'm not in charge of the damn chairs Rob no, no, yeah, you, you don't need that <laughs> your paper over it was, when, it, was when, it was when Ron Wright was speaking at a thousand words a minute oh. <laughs> anyway Rob it was your match of the night well, I've gone for Ron Wright versus Louis Tillette because I saw a bit more of what was going on than that clusterfuck of the six man. <laughs> that was absolutely out. fair enough. <laughs> it was that was such bollocks. Sorry, my dad's trying to figure out who you are, Ben. He's never seen you before and he's he's scared that someone different's in the house. Yeah, I'm a newbie. Yeah, he's a newbie. No, he's well he's got the beard and he's got the dodgy beard and mustache, so Kind of guess it fitting. I fit him well, yeah. Fit him well. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dodgy earphones and all. <laughs> Got a red and a prostitute's earphones. <laughs> Where's my blue pen? <laughs> well, now we know that's staining. <laughs> uh, you slag phones. I didn't hear that bit, okay. Nice to meet him. He called them prostitutes earphones because he's got red on them. I don't know why. Well, that's the name of your next randomised episode. Yeah. Oh, God, the other one's here now. (laughs) Taking me a phone. Taking me a phone off now. 
Now, my mum will be nice to you. Mum won't say anything. Well, you just said did then. <laughs> we have to get Cam on the show now because now, you know, your mum's made a run in. Uh, I just need Cam to get happy families. We'll, we'll get we'll get Georgia and the kids on as well. Why not? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a clip of my granddad talking some bollocks as well. I'll get the doctor back. <laughs> anyway, so after all that, my match of the night is um, is Terry Landell against Reality by trying to convince <laughs> us all that he uh, that, that he had a great show. Uh, so next up is MVP of the night. Ben, who gets you MVP? I I mean. Just for the sheer madness of him, I think it's got to be Landell, really, isn't it? I mean, Ron just sits there. I mean, he doesn't really know what year it is with some of the uh, some of the matches are going on. Although I'm thinking maybe the loaded boot gets it, <laughs> or maybe his glasses get it. I don't know. I'm, I'm so confused by what I've been made to watch. I think maybe the guy from the bonding company should get it as MVP. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's helping people. There might be criminals, but he's helping people. He's paid for this damn promotion for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So now I've had this conflag with you guys. I think uh, yes, it has to be the guy from the Tennessee Bonding Company, Brent Woods of the Tennessee Brent Bonding Woods, Company. Yeah, was it? Come on down, you've won an award. <laughs> uh, Rob, who's your MVP? Well, we saw several versions of him on the show. But it's 1972 Ron Wright that's my MVP of this show. You just can't appreciate his genius. 1972 Ron Wright was fucking on form. If if 1972 Ron Wright turned up in WWE or AEW today, he would be the most overheal they had. 100%. And I'd just still just sit there and just go, what? <laughs> it, was, it's, it is the line you said, though, Rob. Like, what, what, what use is a referee telling me what's right and wrong in a wrestling ring? <laughs> I'd, I'd have, I would have to, I'd have to record his segments on my phone and then play them at like minus minus a half speed. Just wasn't working. But I was going to be snarky and give myself the MVP for watching this shit. But I'm not going to do that again. Um, I'm going to give my MVP to Jim Hess because he looked like he was having a lovely time. And I could understand everything he said. Solid performance from Jim Hess. Really rated him in, in that that tiny bit that we got to see of him. Well, I've seen more of him. Yeah. Uh, next up is moment of the night. Ben, what was your moment of the night? Oh man, the moment of the night. I, I think it is the moment where Landau says, "Where's Where's Ron?" and then he comes flying in. I think that's, that's definitely the, <laughs> I think that's that's it. That's my moment. Fair enough. Yeah, why not, uh, Rob? I, I know you didn't get it, you, but it's the Ron Wright 1972 promo. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, easily. The best bit on this show. But the best bit on any show, to be honest. Fair enough. I was going to change mine on the fly because I thought of something else, but I've, I've forgotten what it was. Uh, no, that was it. My moment of the night is, uh, is Landell not being able to justify the bullshit we just watched and saying that was a really good anyway because <laughs> <laughs> even he who was the only one fully invested in this knew it was wank that was the moment he knew um sign of the night's a funny one because there were only two so are we going to give it to the ron's wrestling sign with the telephone number eight six five nine seven three eight double oh two or are we going to give it to Castor Oil Runs Off? 
castor oil runs off. That was it's castor oil. Castor oil, yeah. castor oil, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Fair enough. We get a clean sweep. How about that? It's almost as good uh, as that one we had on the first episode of NXT Level Up, where there was a flashback to the Soul Patrol with Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas, and someone had drawn yeah. a picture of them in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. That was good. So we're doing things a little bit different this time around because after we spoke about it on the on our last episode, we're splitting the... Well, we're splitting hairs, uh, to be quite frank. <laughs> hey, well done. Just thought of that. <laughs> um, we're giving two awards there. So the question is, do we start with the new award or do we start with the classic? What do you reckon, Rob? Ladies first, I think we start with the Tory Wilson Award for Outstanding Haircut of the Night. Yeah, so Ben, the Tory gets the Tory Wilson Award for Outstanding Haircut of the Night. Well, I was torn between two, I must say, on this one. But I think I think it's Jim Hess for me. Really? Beautiful, bouffant, Engelbert Humperdinck-type hair. <laughs> yeah, okey-doke. Yeah, I can see I that, actually. Yeah. And I reckon Rob's going to go for my other choice. <laughs> the, the definition of Silver Fox is Big Jim Hess. <laughs> it's a clean sweep. <laughs> I really latched on to, to the best part of the show. Can you tell in my, uh, my awards? <laughs> yeah, Jim, he was brilliant. Jim, yeah. Hess, Jim Hess, the, the quintessential 70s TV host, gets the, uh, gets the very first Tory Wilson Award. And quite right, too. Didn't we give one out last week when we invented the award? I don't remember. <laughs> I was drunk. <laughs> what What year is it? <laughs> you boy, how many Tory Wilson award winners have there been? <laughs> what the fuck are you on about? <laughs> I don't know, well, the first oh, plan... It was, was um, Keanu James, wasn't it, that won the Tory Wilson award? Oh, yeah, but this is the first planned one. Yeah, that's that's my <laughs> bullshit, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Next up, the most important award of the Rene Goulet Award, also for outstandingly bad haircut of the night, I suppose. <laughs> ben, who gets you, Rene Goulet? Um, so it's a man that is he, he is mentioned uh, in in this uh, show, and also shown in uh, one of the sort of the highlights of things to come. It, it's Buff Bagwell, just Ooh. for that hair. Yeah. So that was a top hat he was wearing. <laughs> oh, what was it? Okay. It wasn't it wasn't shaped like some intricate topiary on the top of his head. <laughs> well, it's deeper than top, isn't it? <laughs> Although if, if, oh, if you oh, give it to... And I've got to knock my answer in. <laughs> no, we can't face your Buff Bagwell. Fair enough. Rob? It's got to be Don Carson for that blonde mop that he had on his head. He managed the trading partner of Rene Goulet. Clearly um, picked up some tips. Fair enough. I'm giving mine to 1972 Ron Wright just for those sideburns. It was Mick McManus' Lego hair, that wasn't it? It clicked. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's castor oil and gone <laughs> out there. That, that stuff didn't move until 1976. <laughs> Trust me, in 1976, that had fucking retreated to the back of his head. <laughs> Ron Wright's hair loss is amazing when you watch it. 
72 was clinging on after that. Oh, no. Quarter of five with all the castor oil on it. I think, like, they, they were, you're coming to the New Year's party in 1973. <laughs> Got the wrong end of the firework. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that was... Well, it's been a lot more fun talking about it than than watching it. But we'll uh, we best rate this show out of ten. So, guests first, as always. Ben, what would you rate this first episode and telethon of Ron's Championship Wrestling out of ten? The only thing that that saves this is that 1972 promo and segment. I'm going I'm going to say it's. I mean, it's awful. It's awful. But I will say six out of ten. But purely for that segment. Wow. I am going high. I know you guys are going to go low, but that, I just, I thought it was absolutely... No, I don't think Rob's going to go low. Well, the thing is, that segment is a 10 out of 10 for me, that segment, but it makes up a fifth for the show. So I can't really justify going more than 2 out of 10, because that segment <laughs> is pure brilliance, but it's not the show, and we'll no. review the show that that's from, and that will probably get more of a, you know... A, a bonus for it being that actual show. It's like when we reviewed that first episode of Thunder with Millwall Chris, and it was like the best part of the show was the Arn Anderson promo from 1984. Yeah. That was... It's the madness of it all with the adverts as well. It's so ineptly put together. It's so bad, it's almost good. <laughs> and I think that's, what, that's I, how I, I, I sort of saw it. Everybody watch this, and and I've gone through and watched several more after this. It it, so it is yeah, so it is so bad. It needs to be watched. But if you don't know, people, I was bored uh, at work. <laughs> I, I fear for you. I, I, I'm on booking the Ron Riotari at this point. <laughs> I'm, booking, I'm booking the Terror Ronnie. <laughs> 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 will eventually lead to reviewing Ronnie Pickering fights. <laughs> don't you know who I am? I think Ben's absolutely lost on Ronnie Pickering. It's going over my head, that one. No, never mind. We'll send you the clip and educate you. Um, okay. I'm, aston- I- I'm astonished, actually, with Ro- uh, with Rob's rating. I never said Ron's rating. <laughs> Ron's championship rating. rating. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because it aligns with mine. I'm giving it two out of ten. And that's purely because, as bad as this was, it was still twice as good as HCW, which I think I gave one. And it only good. To be fair, maybe I should give the other bits because the other bits were better than HCW. Yeah, it was. It was at least twice as good as HCW, and HCW only got a one for just the basics of existing. I think I'm going to change this to a four, and then we've had this out at a four. (laughs) Rob doing his bit for the mean average. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's the median as well. Just for you, Graham, this is from Good Cop, Bad Cop. Just for the maths teacher. Please tell me this is on cage match. I wish. Not, none of these bloody Knoxville promotions are on cage match. It's a bloody nightmare. Well, get them added. You've got an account, surely that gives you some sort of administrative power. I think they're persona non gratis after Chris Bellis has been doing all those uh, German impressions on Colcos. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was a thing that we watched. Really glad we watched it, and I, I really think we need to go down this Knoxville rabbit hole. 
I'm glad we watched it insofar as it got Ben on the show. Well, that's why to be here. That's I mean, the only I, reason I'm glad. I have some of these on cage match, you know. So, and we're going to have to get you back in 1972 to, to review where this Ron Light clip came from. You know, before when I said to him that he'd get something good after watching something bad. Gary Lawler's dead. That's no on five wrestlers. If I get to watch the Jim Hess run right thing again, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and, and see the sign, the Carl Stroyal sign. <laughs> okay, then. So we need to, we're, we're setting off a third rabbit hole in the. Oh, actually, it might be a fourth or fifth. So we're going down the Knoxville rabbit hole. We're already sort of start, half started the NXT rabbit hole. I want to start down a TNA rabbit hole. We're go, we've already been going down the game show rabbit hole. Oh, and don't forget QVC slash shopping channels. Shopping channels <laughs> coming coming up. We coming up at some point in the future. We're getting Wing Commander Nash back to look at an episode of Are You Being Served? It's on the Sky Planner, ready to go. <laughs> and you've had you know beach based shenanigans with uh, <laughs> with Hulk Hogan. Don't forget. And next week we've got another debuting guest continuing the run. Uh, we've got AB coming on. Uh, who anyone who's listened to uh, to AB's guest appearance on uh, the Doctor Who Pod will know that that, <laughs> that the combination of me and AB results in absolute podcasting chaos, and we're covering some more glow. Well, this is it. I, I thought to myself, when you're on the Doctor Who podcast together, it turned into three and a half hours of sexual innuendo. So what better to get you both on to review an episode that features the woman who invented phone sex? Who's also, who also happens to be a six foot two dominatrix with a, with a massive ginger perm. Getting Bob Orton on. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no, I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've loved talking to you guys tonight, uh, Ben. Thank you for watching this dross and coming on and agreeing to agreeing to go back to 1972 with us just to watch one of the promo segments again. Um, yeah, pleasure. Yeah. Always a pleasure speaking to you, mate. Uh, just let people know where they can find you and all the fantasticness that you put out into the airwaves. Yeah, thank you. So you can find me personally on Twitter at Witticisms of Ben. Um, I generally spout quite a lot of dross. Um, anything from wrestling to general shenanigans. And I used to tweet a lot about Wolf from Gladiators, which was a bit weird. But um, you can also find my show Rantomeisters on the Twitter and Instagram at Rantomeisters. It's a weekly ranting show of me and my good friend James. Currently doing the A to Z of ranting. We get topics that basically piss us off. We rant about them, get it off our chest, and everyone's laughing by the end of it. We've had Dan's done a couple of episodes. Fully hope that Rob can come and uh, have a bit of a rant with us as well at some point. The invitation's always open. And it's a good laugh. We're about, we're now 21 episodes in and we've got a couple more specials lined up. So, all good. It's an incredibly cathartic experience recording one of those. I just don't get wound up about that much stuff. Everyone that goes on there is like ranting for an hour about things beginning with a certain letter. And I'm like, don't, don't yeah. really bother me that much. The only thing that really set me off was the Andy Booth comment. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking unreasonable. <laughs> Leave Andy Booth alone. <laughs> it, it was the fact that James plucked that name out of, out of thin air. I thought, that's a name I've not heard for a long time, but I remember it being amazing. <laughs> you should have had Rob on for, for H and you could have had a round about Huddersfield. Town. I mean, we've got a chant, which is we all dream of a team of Andy Booths, a team of Andy Booths. 
Oh, I'll have to get that in audio form. Send that to James. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the text message tone when he texts me. That'd be great. <laughs> number one was Andy Boo for number two. <laughs> like that. And then on the bench was Andy Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Booth, Andreas Booth. <laughs> I, I did a management game once and you know after a few seasons it starts making up names and I ended up with like Antonio Bufio <laughs> <laughs> oh god so in a change up to the usual order we do things because it's taken me this long to realise that me doing my outro last seems a bit arrogant in my mind uh, if you want to uh, find me on Twitter I'm there at DanGriffin21 usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date and if you want to hear more of me I'm on the Doctor Who pod with Cy Powell where we look at one episode per Doctor per series usually have four guests a season and uh, we just have fun talking about a time travelling alien in a blue box so come along and uh, and listen to that if you're so inclined uh, but I'll throw over to Rob to give the uh, to give the actual proper outros for everything else that we do and for himself thank you you can follow me at UTT Rob it's another about the mutuals it is about the followers I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back on the same podcast feed that you're listening to this you can hear the One Man's Meat podcast with Danny at Scottish Juggalo and the real Chris Bellis and they're following the forgotten storylines of wrestling wrestlers the man and get that much love that kind of thing they've also got a new project Cold Cuts which uh, we're very happy to be invited on as guests and they're going through Wrestle Society X with all the main show and the Wrestle Society Extras Excellent, batshit, insane promotion. The episodes are only 20 minutes, so if you want to watch and go along with the podcast series, uh, you'll really enjoy that. We have a side project um, on Booking the Tankatory, where we're looking at the ups and downs of the in-ring career of legitimately the hardest man that ever lived, one David Tank Abbott. And at the Twitter for that, at UTT Tank, you can get some hashtag Tank Facts. Such as, Tank Abbott has completed the internet twice. Very true. Got a diploma and everything. Yeah, got a certificate. It's uh, that bit at the end of Space Invaders where it's all, all your bases are belong to us, like we saw go along that episode of Nitro. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've totally forgotten. I was meant to hype something else about my show and I've t- totally forgot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. So you mentioned earlier on Pig's Bladders doing some artwork, and uh, he, we have on Ransomeisters coming up soon, as we are both self-professed uh, wrestling fans, we are doing two WrestleMania specials, Rantomania and Rantomania 2, uh, which Pig's Bladders has provided some amazing artwork for. Uh, so we're going to be ranting about our worst and best bits about WrestleMania's 1 to 39. The first half will be coming out just before this year's WrestleMania. The second half will be after it. So uh, that's something to look forward to as well. The Rantomania specials. Live update from for something that we have to cover that's just been recomm- literally just been recommended to us. Uh, somebody called Cam Griff ninety two. Never heard of him. No, no, not sure. Has uh, has actually tweeted into us and pointed out something out that uh, on this day in wrestling history. Billy Gunn starred on Sabrina the Teenage Witch 23 years ago. I suggested we do that, and you were like, mm, I don't really know. Was I drunk at the time? Yeah, I was drunk, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I, I don't know what he said. That, the, the secretary's never passed the communications between us. It's... <laughs> Um, in terms of other tank facts you can get, um, 
Tank Abbott doesn't know how to sell being dazed and confused in a match because he has no real-world experience of this. The closest he ever got to registering a punch was when he got chopped by an 18-wheeler. Yep, it's true. And he knocked the 18-wheeler out. Yeah, and um, Tank Abbott once punched a horse. That's how giraffes were invented. (laughs) (laughs) But you mentioned Nick Ladders doing some artwork for you. He's done some artwork Mm. for us as well. And at time of press, we're about to start a a bonus spin-off series, um, some pint-sized episodes, which we're hoping that we'll get out in one drink or less. (laughs) And we are going to be covering over at UTT Putting, on, on Putting the Territory, we are going to be covering the Being the Elite Gator Golf Tournament. It's the only time that a wrestling championship changed by a legitimate sporting competition, and we're going to treat it as such and review each round properly. I don't know what I've got myself in for, because I've never <laughs> seen any of this. So, yeah, please leave me spoiler-free. I don't know who was in it. I don't know who won. I don't know. But all I know is it's wrestlers and probably crazy golf. It's gator golf. Same thing. I'm, I'm, it's really not. If, if somebody doesn't get eaten by an alligator, I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, I did think for a minute Dan's head was actually going to explode. <laughs> Tony Khan thought someone was getting in, um, eaten by an alligator, but it just turned out to be a bad flashback. <laughs> he remembered going to see Skinner one time. Well, we need bits of platoon that was carrying around with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be, it's going to be a thing. Uh, so next time we're moving on to the final episode of season one of Glow. Uh, I've stopped my Glow run through because I just want—I didn't want to have anything from season two colouring my opinions about the end of season one. But uh, watched every single episode of season one. Really looking forward to uh, airing my grievances. Uh, G, get me on G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's taken us long enough to get there because I think we covered the first episode of Glow with Sarah in probably our. Th- third or fourth episode of season two yeah yeah it's it's, it's a long old time but uh yeah we, we've got there and like you said, like I said before we've definitely found the perfect guest in ab for that so no doubt we'll end up uh end up spinning out is it because the half hour episodes are an hour it's an hour so yeah so no doubt we'll spin that out into four and 90 percent of it'll be dick jokes so join us then for smut filled bullshit and then maybe some wrestling chat Thank you for listening. Left the ring. I've got a little something I want to tell you. Oh, I don't doubt that. How come you've got my chair run down slow? You've got it run down low trying to make... I don't handle chairs, Ron. I don't have a thing to do with it. Put yours down there a little bit. I want to tell you something. Let me tell you. I took that loud mouth, dumb old drama down there last night. I whooped that man to the point that they had to send eight wrestlers and John Kazana and all the police in the building in there and hold me and pull me off of him. 
And that goes to show you what a, what kind of man that he come out here and bragged that he was and what he was going to do to me. It looked like the thing got turned around down there. Sign right over there. Ron oh, Rod is like no Pastor Oil. What that sign says. <laughs> I took that man down there and whooped him so bad, humiliated the man when I got him tied down to where he couldn't run from me, that he got the worst whooping that he's ever had put up on him in his life, probably in the whole history of his wrestling career down there. You didn't get I a whooping. I shamed him. No, I didn't get a whooping. What? You see any bruise marks on me this morning? I didn't see any on Drummer. Well, you ought to see him. He's down there this morning beat up and looks so bad he's ashamed to even come up here and face this TV audience here on TV. Well, it appeared to me like the both of you got on, on the referee. Right cheek and his left thigh swell plumb shut, and you tell me that he didn't get whooped and beat up down there. I'd lately. say the referee got that whooped by both of you. That's supposed to show you how well that referee's not got no business of getting up there and sticking his nose in my match. Bill Dromo, he asked for that match. I, man that I am, went down there and accepted it. And what business has a referee got down there sticking his nose in it, trying to stop a match, telling me that I can't do this, and that's illegal. When did all the man ought have done come down there and bought himself a ringside ticket, sat down there and minded his manners like the rest of them fans done left me alone? Are you through? No, I'm not through. Well, have you one run? I'm just a sitting there waiting for you to open that big mouth again so I can tell you to shut up. You come down here, all you know to do is sit down here and lie. I don't know why the people down here don't get up a petition and have you fired from down here. They ought to fire you and run you from off a TV hill. Hire me and take your place and give me your job. Hey, I'd do a 10 hey, to 1 better job at it than you do. It ain't me that got suspended.